Oh, a while back, I saw something on the internet. It was by John MacArthur, and I thought he—I thought he did a good job of what he did. And I thought, well, I'm going to do my version of, of what he did. And uh, when I say my version, you know, I may have some stuff in there he didn't have. And so we're going to do my version of, of what he said. But I think what he said was needed to be said anywhere and everywhere by born again Christians. Uh, what it is—the most offensive statements in Christianity. If I may say maybe the most offensive statements or statement in Christianity. If you're going to try and not offend people and be a Christian and true to God, you can't be both. You can't be true to the Bible and, and be, and be non-offensive. Now I'm not talking, I'm not saying go out there and try to be rude and a jerk and mean and, uh, cause we're offensive enough without anybody's help. But I'm just talking about if you're, if you're going to try to talk much about to folks about the Bible and about what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is, you're going to become extremely offensive. Isn't it amazing how offended uh, the liberals are at Bible Christians? What would possibly be offensive about us? We're law, we want to be, if you're right with God, you want to be a law-abiding citizen. What's offensive about that? If you're right with God, you want to be a good neighbor. What, what's offensive about that? If you're right with God, you're not going to kill people, murder people, right? You're, what's offensive about that? If you're right with God, you're not going to steal these Ten Commandments, right? You're going to love God with all your heart. You're going to want to do right. You're going to want... Now, we also are commanded by Jesus to tell go into, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, that, of course, causes a little bit of friction because they don't, a lot of people don't want to hear what the Bible says. They don't want to hear what about Lord Jesus, yet we're commanded. I just got a, a couple very rude emails this week about people that didn't want to hear some of you sweet people put a gospel track on their vehicle, and some of you put a gospel track on their, one of them in their house. You went by their house, dropped a gun. What, what more love could you have than tell somebody, hey, you ought not to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. you got to miss hell. Because someday you're going to answer for your sin to the holy God. He's not going to have mercy on you at that point. But now mercy, mercy are there. Mercy is ready to go. So anyway, they don't look at it that way. And I mean, you wouldn't, I couldn't even, I should have brought the letter and read it to you because it was so well, it was so well done. She told me off about as good as I've been told off and about, about anybody. I mean, she was articulate. She used a good vocabulary. Her English was impeccable. But, man, she laid it into me and how I was stupid and many other things. So here's the, here's the things that are, what is offensive about Christianity? Here's a statement. First and foremost, that there's only one God. I've been a Muslim not long ago. And the first thing the guy said to me, well, there's only one God. And I said, that's right. He goes, wait a minute. You Christians don't believe in one God. I said, we believe in one God. We're Judeo-Christian. I said, we believe in one God. And Jews, the Jews were before the Islamics. And your forefather, Ishmael, comes out of Abraham. I said, you know, so don't, don't try to tell me that you guys are the Biggest, baddest, you're the, you're, you were laid around. In fact, Islam didn't even start until 500 A.D. Christianity was well established by that time. And so I said, God is, there is just but one God. 
manifest in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whoa, they don't like that. But there's one God. It's very offensive to the world when you say there's just one God. They like to say there's many roads to heaven. You've heard that. How many roads are there to heaven? Many roads to heaven. Surely there are many roads. Really, some people even have told me all roads lead to heaven. I mean, if you just believe anything, if you just believe in Santa Claus and you are sincere about it, uh, you'll go to heaven because God will say, well, you believed in Santa Claus. How many of you believed in Santa Claus when you were young? I remember one of my brothers, you know, I had two mean brothers. And I was, a, I was the youngest of the three. And they, oh, they couldn't wait to tell me. And one of them got up inside and says, you know, and you know how brother would be, you know there's no Santa Claus. I said, what do you mean? There's a Santa Claus. You know there's no Santa Claus. They're lying to you. There's no Santa Claus. And I started crying, went to mom, and she whipped him. <laughs> and I laughed. I was happy. And then mom had to tell me, no, son, there's no real Santa Claus. Oh, my hopes were new. And so we decided not to lie to Troy. And we never, we never let Troy believe there was a Santa Claus. Uh, he may now, but he didn't then. There's one state, one Savior, one Savior, Jesus Christ, just one. There's one way of salvation, very offensive to the world, very offensive. There's one holy book. There's one true faith. Of all those things out there, there's only one true faith. There's just one gospel. The word gospel means good news. You okay, huh? Okay. There's one gospel. Um... Somebody go out there and check her out, okay? Some girl. Don't all rush at once. What? Okay, nobody wants to get up and leave, huh? One life giver. One life giver. There's just one life giver. All other claims are what? Lies. This is offensive. You mean, you, what, about, what about the 250 million Muslims? They believe the lie. There is no Allah. It's fictitious. What about the, what about the uh, billion Hindus? It's a lie. They think there's a million gods, by the way. I think the Hindus believe there's somewhere around a million gods. No, it's a lie. You mean to tell me that all those Hindus are going to go to hell, the ones that have not trusted Jesus Christ as their personal self, Savior and accepted the gospel, are going to? That's the only place. There's only two places that you end up, with God or in the lake of fire. Two places. That's it. That's, I don't, that's offensive. Uh, everything else is a deception. It's a doctrine of demons, and this is really in the Bible. And I'll, I'm going to show you this. And, and any other kind of way of salvation is considered accursed, even a perversion of the Bible definition of the gospel. And if you believe them, if you accept these false ways, it will damn you to hell forever. You say, that's rough talk, it. That's Bible as can be. That's, that's, there's not even a wiggle room in the Bible. So here's some proofs. The Bible says there's one God, Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. That's southern, by the way. Southern Ephesus. And in you all. There's just one God. The Bible's teaching from front to back. And the second thing about the Savior is looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the Granville Sharp rule in the Greek. 
And great God and our Savior are exactly the same person. It's referring to the same one. It's called the Granville Sharp Rule. The noun on either side of, of the word and is the same, speaking of the same individual. So the, it's, it's interesting. It's really a strong deity of Christ verse there. The great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 and some other places in 43, 43, 44, 46 also, the Bible says, I, I and this is Jehovah talking, I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. So, if there's only one Savior, and Jehovah says in the Old Testament that he's the Savior and there's no other Savior, and yet you go to the New Testament and Jesus is called the Savior. He's the Savior of the world. He, when he was born, his name should be called Jesus. He's just save men from their sins. He's the Savior. Then what, what do you got to conclude? If in the Old Testament, Jehovah says he's the Savior, and in the New Testament, Jesus says he's the Savior. What's your conclusion? Well, you got to say there's only one Savior. Some people said it's Jehovah Jesus. Because Jesus is manifest in the flesh as one God. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. How do you reconcile that? Because God is manifested as one under the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That was the baptism formula for the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28. That's the formula for baptism. We use it. We still use it today. You say, well, I don't understand all that. I know you may not understand. I may not be able to reconcile all that, but the Bible teaches it. That's what it teaches. It can be highly offensive and is highly offensive to folks. It says here in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. And if you go to Colossians, you know, there's so many other places, it's just mountaintop. Uh, you'll find that uh, in Genesis, uh, Elohim is given credit for creating God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the word Elohim. And uh, uh that's the only, only, only one you know created. You just know God created everything. But you go to the New Testament, it says Jesus created everything. How do you reconcile that? God and Jesus are one. God and Jesus are one. It says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ there, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jehovah's Witness come by my door one time, and I said, they said, well, we believe in Jehovah. I said, so do I. I believe Jehovah Jesus. They're one. Oh, no, we just believe in Jehovah. Well, so I took him to Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and in context, that's talking about Jesus Christ. There's no other salvation. In, there's no there's no salvation in any other. And it's talking about Jesus Christ in context. I said, How do you reconcile that? They left. The Bible, there's only one holy book. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word. The Bible talks about thy word as truth. Just give you some random scriptures here to help you out. For the word of God is quick. That's the Bible, God's word has been preserved and printed, put together. 66 books, over 1,500 years, written by over 40 people. Yet it does not contradict it. There's no contradictions and, and uh 
it's impeccable, really, the Word of God. It's amazing. You couldn't write something that diverse or you couldn't even begin to do it without God being involved in it. So the Word of God, we call the Bible, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and as a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. First Thessalonians sheds a little bit of light on the Word of God, especially in the first century. Paul said, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard of us. So he came to the Thessalonians, and, and he told them about Jesus, and told them about the, what he had been given by God. And he said, You received it not as a word of man, though, though Paul and others preached it. He said, But as it is in truth, the Word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again. Of how? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. That's the Bible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Bible speaks of itself. The Bible testifies of itself. You don't have to apologize for the Bible. Trust me, lots of people have tried to disprove the Bible. Lots of people have come up through, through centuries, and if I may say even millennium, to try to prove the Bible's not true. I'm just reading a book today of a private investigator. And so all he did is try to solve crimes his whole life. And he uh, he set out to prove that he said that the, the word of God can't be right. This whole stuff about Jesus and all this stuff has got to have holes in it. So he said, I'm going to use the same methodology I used for being a detective and solving crimes. And I'm going uh, to investigate the Bible and prove that it's wrong. And it couldn't be right. He got saved. And he wrote this book called Cold Case Christianity. Cold Case Christianity. It's a, now it's, a, it's a good book on apologetics. And of course, in First, Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that means complete, whole, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. So God brought his word to us. Uh, he preserved his word. He compiled his word. Uh, he determined there to be 66 books uh, through, and through the processes. And, and, and if, the more I study apologetics, the more I, I just believe there has to be a God. It has to be. The Bible could not be possible. It's not possible to put that together like that. And then to have so many enemies. It's not like, you know, I've known people write books. If you really want to, if you want to put yourself out for some criticism, write a book. Write a book. Get it published. And then people that begin to read that thing will write in and say, I don't agree with that, and I don't agree with this, and you didn't write that, and you don't know what you're talking about, and they will attack you. I've known three or four people write books, and they get attacked by their enemies of what they wrote about. That that's not true, and it's foolishness and inaccurate and all this other stuff. Imagine God writing writing his word, saying this is this word is written by me, it's written by my inspiration, I have preserved it and protected it, and uh, it's it's truth. The devil rises up, begins Immediately, it says, no, no. So the devil attacks and all his people attack it. And all these two millenniums have attacked it. And the Bible's more popular today, more printed today, more distributed today than any 
time in world history. You can look that up at Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. There's another book called More Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. By the way, Josh McDowell was another guy that was on a skeptic. And he set out to disprove the Bible and got saved and now spent the rest of his life defending the Bible on college campuses. By the way, college campuses are typically a very unfriendly place to say there's only one holy book. Ooh. Galatians 1.8, about the gospel, there's just one gospel. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preach unto you, let him be accursed. The word means damned to hell. As we said before, so say I now, again, and it's just a repetition of that, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than you have received, let him be accursed, damned to hell. That's pretty strong words, don't you think? That's offensive, isn't it? You know one thing our world hates? Is absolutes. They hate them. And they hate... Well, they hate a lot of things they're really hypocritical about. But uh, they hate absolutes. And yet they're absolutely sure what we believe is not true. I mean, they don't even give you any wiggle room. They hate intolerance, yet they're the most intolerant group of people you've ever been around. But when it comes to certain things in the Bible, there's no wiggle room at all. There's no wiggle room at all. It's just the way it is, and that's why it's some of the most hateful statements, some of the most hated statements, if I may say. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, this is really what, the, what has been called theologically as, a, as a, the best definition of the gospel in the New Testament, right here it is. For I delivered unto you, Paul said, first of all, that which I also received. So he's not saying, I didn't make the gospel up. God gave me through the Holy Spirit the gospel, and I just gave it to you. He said, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. So if the Scriptures have no authority, then the, the, the uh, subject of him dying for our sins has no authority. So how important is it that the Bible's an authority? It's because what we learn about Jesus comes out of the Bible. What we learn about the gospel comes out of the Bible. If the Bible's full of errors and, and contradictory, then all of what it says is not worth reading. But yet when you have people that honestly want to disprove it and go at it to try to disprove it, end up getting saved. It's because what they find is they find a supernaturally provided book. You've, you've read the Bible most of your adult life. Many of you people in this room have read the Bible most of your adult life. Brother, brother you've read it since you're, you've been a young guy. Me too. And, and I'm, I'm old now. Not, not according to you, but I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced today that the Bible is the holy word of God preserved by him than I ever was before. And I find the people that don't seem to be convinced and want to fight it, Oftentimes are young. Very little experience of what it said. People come to you and said, I don't believe the Bible. I said, What have you ever read it? Yeah, I've read it. Well, what have you read? What, what do you think of John 3 16? Use that. Use it. And they'll say, John what? John what? John 3 16. 
What do you think of the passage, John 3.16 through, through John 3.21? What do you think of that? They don't know what you're talking about. They're lying. They haven't read the book. They've looked at it over. They've, they've perused over. Most of the time I've ever been challenged on the Bible, the, it, they didn't know it. They didn't have a clue. They're, they just hate it because they're children of the evil one, children of the darkness. And darkness hates light. It's a blind hate. And it says there's also this, there's going to be false prophets. That means this, this deals with a part of the, well, that statement that I said that everything else is a lie, a deception, a doctrine of demon. Well, the Bible says a lot about this. This is just a little portion of it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. What kind of clothing? But in were there ravening wolves. These TV preachers, these internet preachers, these these super soup the ones who've gotten rich. I'm talking about they have two jets and they want a third because they feel like the third one will they they they're they're wolves in sheep's clothing. How do you know them? By their works. It works. These healers come around saying they can heal. Why is it that they gotta have they gotta have a big crowd pass the plate to heal? If you really could heal, you'd be a monster if you didn't go to the hospital and try to heal those people in the hospital for no money. No, no, they gotta have this big fanfare and big convocation and they gotta pass the plate. They used to pass Kentucky fried chicken. I can't remember who used to do that, but one of them passed Kentucky fried chicken, they fill that thing with money. And, and they, and is, I mean, how illegitimate it is. They would sell. If you got if you got something, you need to be healed. Send money to me, and I'll give you a little prayer cloth. And then, if you take that prayer cloth, you'll be healed. Stop. 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 Look, just look at the Bible. There shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they shall grow, show great signs and wonders, and so much that if it were possible, they were to deceive the very elect. This is talking about especially in the tribulation period. You know what God gives you if you don't want to believe? If He if He presents the gospel to you and you reject it, and you become reprobate. What is reprobate? This is Romans chapter one. Reprobate is when God gives you what you want. You don't want to believe God? You don't want Him to come on your thoughts anymore? Eventually He comes and says, I'm going to give you what you want. You're never going to think of me again. You're never, and that seals your destiny. That's the hardest punishment that God could do to you on this earth is to just let you have and let you live in your unbelief and give you over to that. And when that happens, you're shot. There's no saving you. Man, I always tell God, no, no, never never leave me. Never leave me. If I do something wrong, you convict me, show me. He says they're going to show great signs in the tribulation period. That's going to seal their doom. Behold, I've told you you before, he says there in Matthew 25. Then in 2 Peter, he mentions about false prophets again. And I guess this is just a beginning of these. This is a few of many. For there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who privately or privily shall bring in damnable heresies. The word heresy means to go too far. Even denying the Lord that brought them 
and bring unto themselves swift destruction. There's been every kind of heresy. The, uh, if I may say this, in the 1800s, you had the Seventh-day Adventists created. You had the uh, uh, Mormons created. You had the Jehovah Witnesses created. Three massive, massive false religions. All of them created in the 1800s. And there's since then been so many more. And they said, and that's what Jesus said would happen. And as the time comes toward the end, more and more of this will happen. It'll accelerate. Beloved, he says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You've probably met some folks one time said, uh, be very careful about saying, the Lord told me, the Lord led me, the Lord, be careful about that. Be careful. Be careful, because what if it wasn't the Lord? You've got to try the spirits to see if they're of God. Don't, don't just fall for anything that comes by. Examine, he says, look at there. He, said, he says, don't believe, not, don't believe every spirit that comes by. Make sure that it's from God. Check it out. Go to the Bible. See if it's right. People have come, come to me and, and said God led them to do stuff that I knew was against the Bible. I said, God could not have been doing it. He could not be doing that. It contradicts the word of God. Oh, preacher, I know it's God. He spoke to me. Well, you don't think you can have any voices speak to you? You don't think, you don't think, you don't think a, a, a demon can come to you? I've had him talk to me direct, face to face. Believe me when I tell you this. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. These statements of Scripture are extremely offensive, very offensive to the world, and we're not going to get any better. We can never get to the place where the world's going to wrap their arms around us and love on us. They will tolerate us. That's why it's so important that God doesn't, in America, God doesn't give us over to these people who hate us. You know, David cared about that. He said, let not my enemies triumph over me. David, the man after God's own heart, he often said, don't let, don't let the enemies triumph over me. I think our prayer should be, and our vote should be, for people who are friendly to the Word of God and friendly to freedom of speech and friendly to freedom of religion. If it wouldn't be for freedom of religion, there would be one religion like there is in India, just about, just about, 84%. Or, or one religion like there is in most of the Muslim countries, because they would they would cut everybody in dis, with a descending view off. We live in such a unique country where we can we can differ and not kill each other. We can be different. Somebody can tell me I'm a Mormon. Okay, be a Mormon. I'm Joe Witness. Okay, be a Joe Witness. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hurt you. But though these things be offensive and they cannot be denied or changed. They're at the very core of the Bible and what it teaches. If these things are not so, neither is the rest of the Bible. And the question I ask finally, my last question, do you believe in these major areas that I mentioned to you tonight? I hope you do. If you don't, convince yourself or get convinced by going to the Word of God and checking it out yourself. Those things are so. I didn't mention the deity of the Holy Spirit, though we absolutely Absolutely believe the Holy Spirit is also God manifest to us. 
the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's God. There's but one God. The Bible says so, but he's manifest under those three names. And we call it, the name we come up for is Trinity or Triunity of God. The Jewish folks appreciate the name Triunity of God more than Trinity. But whatever you want to call it, it's just God. Okay, hope that helps you. Father, thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for your guidance and direction. Help us to be bold as a lion. Uh, help us to know why we believe what we believe. Help us to pay attention to the Bible when we read it and to really give our heart to it. And every, at least every year, go through the Word of God cover to cover and ask you to help us to see it, understand it, have wisdom from the Holy Spirit to understand it. We love you. Thank you tonight for your mercy to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.